This first reading that we just heard is a rather easy one to ignore. First and foremost, it's very, very short, so it can kind of pass through our brains, but part of it also, I think, what makes it easy to ignore can be its content. You know those words, lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, leaving them neither roots nor branch. The reason that internally the content of this can be easy to ignore is we can just say, oh, that's, that's just from the Old Testament. All that fire and brimstone. We dismiss this verse reading as a relic of the past, almost as if to say, we don't think that way anymore. And so many people would do that today. Many people operate almost on the assumption that there was one God in the Old Testament and a completely different God in the New Testament. The Old Testament God was very mean and vengeful, and yet the New Testament God is very kind and gentle. And again, Jesus doesn't really talk about the God of the Old Testament very much. He came, if anything, to mitigate and to temper uh, the, the God of the Old Testament. He came for the good news, to preach the good news. The, the God of the Old Testament was not about that. And this first reading would sort of play into that a little bit. The church somehow doesn't think that way anymore, is what many people might use to dismiss this first reading that we just heard. And yet the fact that Holy Mother Church gives us this reading today precisely throws that line of thinking out the door. Think about it, brothers and sisters. We are approaching the end of the liturgical year. Next year, next week, rather, is the Feast of Christ the King. And then we have the first Sunday of Advent after that. It is a time for us as a church to meditate on what the church refers to as the four last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. It's a time for us to reflect on those things as this liturgical year comes to a close. So we know that we're going to die. We see the leaves dying. Everything is losing its color. Nature is losing its color. There's more darkness than light. And even, heck, every funeral that we attend is a reminder to us of our own mortality. Really, this time of year can be characterized by that great Latin phrase, tempus fugit memento mori, time flies, remember death. And judgment, certainly, it, it comes up in the gospel, among other places. You can think of some of the other parables of Jesus talking about judging the sheep and the goats. It's a common image that Christ uses, how the king, he will come again at the end of time and judge all nations. And heaven, well, we, we love to talk about heaven. We can talk about heaven all day long. It's the, the destiny of the just, the dwelling place of all the saints that we celebrated at the beginning of this month. And yet, we often ignore talking about hell as if it doesn't exist. Certainly, there are many people in this age who believe that, that hell doesn't exist. Or they, or they think, that how could a loving God allow hell to exist? Doesn't that contradict who God is? These are valid questions, sure, but all of them are born, I think, out of a misunderstanding. Brothers and sisters, hell is part of the good news. We might not think that at, at first glance, but it is. Hell is part of the good news. It is part of Christ's message. Why? Because God loves us so much that he would never want us to go there. It is born out of love. 
for us. We have a God who loves us so much that he would never want us to go there. And Christ did not ignore talking about hell. In fact, he spoke of it quite often. Think about his other parables. The righteous going to eternal life, but the wicked to eternal punishment. And how often does Christ reference fiery Gehenna in many of his, of his teachings? It was a common phrase that he used. Our Lord spoke many times about hell. And even he, he realized that the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. Hell is part of the good news, brothers and sisters. And today's first reading is a part of that. It's part of God's justice, giving what is owed to all of us. As we know, God is perfect justice. He is perfect justice. So there must, out of justice, be a place for the wicked, and we know that there are souls there. After all, we don't refer to heaven as the narrow way for nothing. But also, hell can be a motivator for us to do good, to not want to go there. I know it's not the greatest motivator, it's not the most perfect, but it is a motivator nonetheless, maybe the baseline motivator, you could say, hopefully one that will grow and be perfected over time. After all, what's you know, one of those acts of contrition? I am sorry because I fear the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because I have offended you, my God. Again, that motivation is there, but hopefully that motivation grows over time. And today's first reading applies to us just as much today as it was when it was written and when Jesus walked this earth. So we must be on our guard, brothers and sisters. Because as Malachi says, that day is coming. For we know neither the day nor the hour of our death. But just because we should be on our guard does not mean that we should be fearful, brothers and sisters. If we maintain a state of grace, especially at the end of our lives, our Lord has promised us eternal life. As I like to tell people, the best defense is a good offense. If we remain close to the Lord, especially in the sacraments of Holy Eucharist and reconciliation, we have nothing to fear and everything to hope for. We have nothing to fear and everything to hope for if we remain close to our Lord in the sacraments, especially Eucharist and reconciliation. So may we use this time of year as an opportunity to reflect on those four last things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell, and acknowledge our mortality and turn to the Lord and keep close to God all the days of our life so that when that day comes, we may be ready to meet him.